It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Ozzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? <laughs> I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the echo guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Colin Cowherd Going to a WWE show last night Was the least interesting thing About Fox Sports' trip to SmackDown Or how's this one? Colin Cowherd going to SmackDown last night was the least important aspect of Fox Sports' meeting with WWE last night. Now, I'm not criticizing the two websites that originally made those opinions because that's what they are. They post their opinions just as I. And I disagree with their opinions, but they have every right to do so. What I am just shaking my head today at is all of these other websites that are so and podcasts too that are so desperate for hits and and it seems like they'll go with a certain stance in pro wrestling because it will get them more hits than actually just being honest about your own feelings they're cutting and pasting other people's emotions and opinions word for word as if it's their own and their websites and it's fucking sad but I'll give you my opinion about those two titles, and I will reword it this way. Colin Cowherd going to WWE last night and Fox Sports' trip to SmackDown was the least interesting thing about the entire negotiations between Fox Sports and WWE. And you're probably saying right now, what matarats? Who in their right mind would make a claim like that? Well, yours truly is. And I'll explain why in a little bit. But first, the formalities. What's up, everyone? February 28th, 2018. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast of Blasi. I am Don Tony, as always. I want to thank you very much for listening. Now, today, I'm not going to lie. I have to get two pounds of baloney fit into a one-pound bag, which means that 
This show has to be done a little bit shorter than usual episodes because, as you know, to continue doing these episodes, I have to do them on my lunch hour because work is very, very overloaded during the week. So today, work is a little bit heavier than usual, so I have to get this done in about an hour. But it will not lack information, news, opinions, and other stuff. And I promise you all, I will play the extended audio of what Colin Cowshit said about Eddie Guerrero in 2005 when Eddie passed. And it was funny because when I saw the photo posted last night of Colin Cowshit with Natty and Charlotte, you know, I was looking at other people's reactions. And look, younger fans out there that really don't know the history of Cowshit's views and how he has ripped wrestling in WWE repeatedly, he is toxic for wrestling. He is as toxic as Phil Mushnick is. Now, younger fans out there are going to say, who the hell is Phil Mushnick? I don't blame you. But for anybody out there that does not know the history of Colin Cowshit and Phil Mushnick, do your research. Don't just take things from other websites and post it as your own and think you understand everything. Because I'm reading today younger fans out there that do websites that are saying, oh, well, fans are upset at Cowherd because he called them boogers a couple of years. Listen to me. I... The, the boogers comment was bullshit. It was nothing. Any simple Google search, type in Colin Cowherd. Don't type in Colin Cowshit because you won't get all the articles. Type in Colin Cowherd and wrestling or WWE and go look at the history over the last 13 to 15 years of what this Matarazzi has said. It is toxic. He is toxic. And don't just take my word for it. I don't want to single out any wrestlers, any Hall of Famers, anybody like that. But if you do your history, you spend about 20 minutes in doing some history about this Matarats, you will see wrestler after wrestler after wrestler after wrestler after wrestler, Hall of Famers, down the line, ripping this guy over the years. And it's sad when some people change their tune simply because of a business decision or because Cowshit is now involved with ESPN. So now because I want to get a rub from ESPN, not me, I'm just saying other people, that I have to conform and say he has changed his ways. He has seen the light. He hasn't fucking seen shit. Have you ever heard of any apologies of anything that he has said over the years? The reason why he is smiley faced right now and Charlotte and Natty and everything else, it's not the girl's faults. It's not anybody in WWE. There is big time negotiations going on right now between WWE, the future TV deal, and Fox Sports as one of the persons interested in airing WWE uh, their, their programming in the future. And anybody that is a regular listener to our shows will remember that back on January 15th, we talked about in detail Fox Sports and the very big possibility. You know, you have to take them very seriously. They are deep into these negotiations for WWE programming. And some places have even said that Fox Sports may be interested in purchasing WWE. So these negotiations have been going on for a while. It goes back to 2017 as well. Last night, 
There was no negotiations. There were no meetings. What happened was plain and simple, and I asked my sources, and I got it verified. Yeah, I do have sources, but the reason why I don't say that all that much is because what we do is opinion shows. We comment about news and stuff like that. I am not interested about breaking news and being exclusive and being first. I mean, my motto doing hotlines going back to 1998 is I don't want to be first. I want to be right. So when I do report news on these shows, it's to let our listeners know about some of the things going on you may not be aware of, but primarily what we do is an opinion show. But here are the facts as far as what went down last night. There is nothing more and nothing less as far as what went down. WWE had SmackDown booked for Los Angeles for a very long time. And when WWE met with Fox Sports last year, early this year, they told Fox Sports, they invited them. Listen, why don't you come down to an event? We would love to for you to be our guest. Here's front row tickets. So Eric Shanks, Richard Dyche, Jacob Ullman, and uh, Colin Cowherd went yesterday, sat front row. They were guests on behalf of WWE. They did not have meetings after. They live in the Los Angeles area. Colin Cowherd lives in Manhattan Beach. Shanks, Ullman, Dice, they're all in the Los Angeles area. That's where WWE had their event. So they were there to see the show live as guests of WWE, basically to show them what a live experience is all about. That's all it was yesterday. The hot and heavy negotiations did not take place yesterday. They went to the event. They were guests. They went backstage. They met some personnel back and forth. Cowshit took a picture with Natty and Charlotte and some other pictures that are floating around. And that was it. Everybody went home. There was nothing else to that. So the most interesting thing yesterday about this is, is the fact that Cowshit actually showed up at a WWE wrestling event. Now, look, me... As a wrestling fan and a fan for a very long time, I have witnessed, watched, heard almost every little thing that this guy has said about wrestling in WWE over the years. He is, as I said earlier, as toxic as Phil Mushnick. And because these negotiations are so big, the TV deal, rumors that Fox Sports might be interested in buying WWE, which I don't think that will happen, you know, WWE has to bite their tongue. They got to put the smiley face on. They got to shake hands and be nice to people that they behind the scenes despise. And again, you look at the history of Cowherd, what he has said about wrestling and disrespected Eddie Guerrero and Ultimate Warrior and others over the years. All right. I understand, again, younger wrestling fans that may not know anything about this guy, and the only thing that they point to is the comment from a couple of years ago calling fans boogers. the fuck out of here. There's so much more behind it. So, look, going forward, whether it's Fox Sports, ESPN, Fox News, CNN, NBC, WB, whenever you see a company, a wrestling personality, a wrestler, a ho- anybody, Doing business with these big wig companies, you're going to see people kissing the ass. You're going to see people putting smiles on their faces, even though they despise the people that they might be around simply because of the almighty dollar. And deep down inside, I think a lot of people out there would say, you know what, that is the way to go. If I worked, you know, in a big time company and they had an employee that I despise, but hey, I'm negotiating a big deal here. Yeah, I got to suck it up and just let it go. 
But, uh, you know, if this was 20, 30 years ago, how many people out there would have turned around and said, you know what, if Mushnick showed up at my office or Cowherd showed up at my office, I would have thrown his fucking ass out on the street. We're in a different age, everybody. So, you know, what I saw last night does not surprise me. But for everybody out there that, you know, doesn't know the history with Mushnick or the history with Cowherd or just the heinous stuff that has been said over the years, you know, look, thank God for the Internet since 95 onward, because a lot of this uh, audio and footage and stuff is saved. Now, getting to the Eddie Guerrero audio of what Cowherd said in 2005. I have it here, and I'm going to share everyone about a three-minute clip. Now, I just want to advise everyone to just remember, you know, what year we're talking about here. This is 2005. At that time, I think this was real media format, which I'm sure some of you remember, and the audio quality was shit. But I recorded it back then. I was using it on a hotline. I don't believe I ever played it for the Minority Report, which was the podcast we were doing back then. But I came across the audio again last year when I was transferring stuff from an old external hard drive that I had from about 13 years ago. And I changed it to an SSD drive. And I saved the audio. But I wanted to share it with everyone just to give an idea of what this guy is all about. And again, you do a Google search, you could hear all the comments he said about Ultimate Warrior. You could hear comments he said about, you know, Owen Hart and others over the years as well. If you search hard for it, you can find it. I'm shocked that this Eddie Guerrero audio is not online. And when I wrote on Twitter last night that, you know, I'm tempted to go into my old hard drives and pull out the Eddie Guerrero audio, I got email after email after email today of people saying to me, you don't have that audio. You're full of shit. You're just trying to get attention to your show and this and that. And I'm like, oh, you don't know me, I guess. Because whenever I make a claim about me on these shows, I always back my shit up. There's no reason for me to lie. In fact, me being brutally honest at times gets me into trouble. So I have the audio here. And again, I'm sorry that the quality is shit. I actually tried to filter it out, run it through Audition, run it through two other programs, and the audio sounded even worse. So here's a little audio sample. Colin Cowherd, in his own words from my collection, talking about the death of Eddie Guerrero from 2005. I'm going to ask you a question. Compass and I got into this argument earlier today. He did not know this. I, I, I found out he's a big wrestling fan. I have no idea about wrestling. The last wrestling match I, I watched was my high school it was dark, and the only people there were, were girlfriends and family. You know, it's like high school wrestling. There's nine people. They're all dating the wrestlers. A professional wrestler died over the weekend, Eddie Guerrero. I don't know anything about him. Apparently, he's a big star. Uh, he was like 38 years old, died in his hotel room. Nobody's quite sure why, blah, blah, blah. I don't care why. But I made the argument that there are certain careers. If I was a sports editor of a large major newspaper, I, I don't think I would put Eddie Guerrero's death in the sports page. Now. You could say, whoa, that is insensitive. First of all, it's not sports, it's theater. They're decided before they play. Mm -hmm. Now, somebody argues with me, what about Hulk Hogan? I wouldn't put Hulk Hogan's death in the sports section. He transcends sports. See, up until this point, I don't have too much of a problem what he's saying. Maybe you put it in the entertainment section if he uses logic, but here's where it goes down, Phil. Where do you put it? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not every death is news. For instance, well, for instance five million people let's say, a, let's say a Cessna goes down mm -hmm. carrying Martha Stewart. It's news. 
if a Cessna goes down carrying the late Payne Stewart, it's news. Mm -hmm. If it goes down carrying Jim Lewis, it ain't news. It's not making the USA Today. So we have, as a society, decided that certain people's deaths get in the paper, and certain people's deaths do not. And just because you don't know who Eddie Guerrero is doesn't make him any less a celebrity to other people. Now, if a hockey player died, it would mean nothing to me, but that would obviously go on the sports page because he's a professional athlete of, of some sort, and well, it's unusual. Well, but Eddie Guerrero is a big star. Five million people he's watching not on an TV. Athlete. He's, a, he's, a, he's not an athlete, everybody. He's not a, a sports figure. Again, um, so why would I put him in the sports page? But where, so where would you put it? You, you, I wouldn't put it anywhere in the newspaper. You wouldn't put it in the newspaper. No, no, no I would put I would put The Rock in because he's done movies. He is bigger than sports. I'd put what the, if a TV act. What if a, what if a soap opera star died? He goes into the entertainment life section. Or so why doesn't thing? Eddie Guerrero go because into the entertainment a, life section? Well, because he's on TV. He's a TV star. Oh, that's boy, that's wobbly. He's a TV. I never even heard of wobbly? it. Okay, there was a brief pause, and I think the last part is him interviewing someone from a newspaper. So, so you're, you work in a out. newspaper, right? Yeah. Where, where did your newspaper put Eddie Guerrero's death of pro wrestler? If, if there's space, it goes in death elsewhere. But I'll give you some perspective on something. Even our obituaries are paid obituaries now. Wow. So I, don't, I don't even think there's space for Eddie. Let me, let me say this. Why couldn't you do this? You know in the obituary section where they have, like, Gert passed away in Palm Springs at 84 and uh, Hank passed away in Boca Raton? Why couldn't you put Eddie Guerrero's picture in the obituary with a big mask on? He'd be like the wrestler. He'd passed away doing steroids. So I think this gives you the gist of what this guy is all about. Now, look, I don't know him personally. I haven't seen any controversial stuff about his personal life, you know, but still... Do a simple Google search if you're interested. Look at all the things he has said, not only about wrestling, but of other people who have passed on. Some of it is absolutely outrageous. And I guess uh, another way I could put it is, I don't know who Nancy Grace works for right now, but if you remember Nancy Grace, especially with the Benoit tragedies and what she did to, uh, to some of the interviews, segments that she did with wrestlers, imagine WWE doing a deal with a news organization, and then we see photos of Nancy Grace shaking hands with people backstage at WWE. This guy, Cowherd, is toxic. And it's sad, but this is reality. You see people that rub elbows with these prestigious organizations. It's all about making money. It's all about, uh, you know, just being on good terms with people. You read other people in sports, media, entertainment, restaurant, just across the board, kissing this guy's ass and acting as if he's changed his ways. They're not that stupid. It's all about money. It's all about business. It's all about you know, putting the big smile on your face, having good PR. And, you know, at the end of the day, you and I probably would consider doing the very same thing if it would further us professionally and financially. So, you know, I don't find fault with WWE yesterday. I don't find fault. Anybody, I saw some people criticizing Natty and shut. They don't fucking know. And even if they did to a certain extent, they're ambassadors for WWE, even though that they're on TV as well as performers. So speaking of SmackDown, yesterday John Cena was on. He was added to the five-way match. Is Cena winning the title? No. The big news coming out of today, and this is... I, I, I don't want to really call it news. I'll call it rumor as of right now, because we don't know what official match will take place yet at WrestleMania involving John Cena. 
but there were numerous reports coming out of today, and they originated with Sports Illustrated, that John Cena will be facing Rey Mysterio Jr. for WrestleMania. That The Undertaker may in fact have been ruled out because of physical inabilities to perform at WrestleMania. And I'll be quite honest, anybody that heard what I said on Monday, it was kind of, you know, very raw, the emotions as far as how I made the comparisons of fans towards The Undertaker right now. Look, I will say this till the cows come home. I have been a big fan of The Undertaker over the years. I enjoyed his work. I've seen it since day one. I know a lot of you today are big fans of The Undertaker's. Younger fans out there were introduced to The Undertaker in more recent years and have played catch-up with earlier in his career. But still, it gets to a point where you got to just let go. You know, time heals all wounds, and time does make you forget things. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. I've talked about this as an example in the past. You go out with a girl. You have a bad breakup. She's a pain in the ass. She's a neurotic. She's nuts. And I'm saying that because I'm a guy towards a girl. I'm not saying that guys aren't that way also. But since, since me, I've only dated girls. I have to compare it to a girl. But it's like dating a girl, breaking up, and she's crazy, a whack job, this annoying, obsessive, blah, 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 blah. And then time goes by, and a lot of that raw emotion, which made you want to break up in the, in the first place, wears off. And then you happen to see her in a supermarket, at a club, at a party, through another friend, on the street hanging out and you start talking again and then you're like you know what you know maybe we can get together you get together and then you realize she's 10 times fucking worse than before so you think back to last year and how the undertaker looked in that match and during the year you think ah he's rested he could train a little the match won't be as difficult with cena it's sad to see people who we enjoyed over the years get old it's sad to the wrestlers that we always thought were immortal, become mortal. You know, and in The Undertaker, I'm sure his mind is telling him one thing and his body, even if you're working out and you feel good, you start taking the physicality that's in that ring. Kev was bringing it up on Monday night. You watched that 24 special from WrestleMania last year. This guy is limping before he even got into the ring. He's limping in the back and could hardly move around. His mind is telling him yes, but his body is telling him no. It's kind of the opposite of that R. Kelly song. Remember that song? My mind is telling me no, but my body, my body. I don't listen to fucking R. Kelly, but I still remember that song. But no, it's the opposite. His mind is telling him yes, but his body is telling him no. And kudos for WWE to step in and say no. You can't do it this year. And remember, it may not even have been WWE's decision. It may not have even been Undertaker's decision. And what I mean by that is is that we remember not too long ago, I think he had a surgery. It could very well be that doctors have said to him, look, you have not recovered enough to do what you want to do in this ring. And even if he does recover some of these surgeries, that's it. It's over with. You know how many times, and I'm not comparing myself to Undertaker, but this is my fucking show, and I know haters are like, oh, you got to bring yourself up, because I'm just trying to share my own personal experiences. I got the spine stimulator. 
attached to my spine right now. I got it done six or seven years ago. And to this day, I still get an email once in a while from two or three local indie feds over here. One that I did in the past. No, it's not Goodman. And said to me, hey, you're still interested. You want to do the managing thing? You know, you take a little thing here and there. And I want to so fucking bad. You have no idea. But at the end of the day, I don't want to take someone else's spot who may be 10, 15 years younger, who may want to do this on a semi-regular basis. And at the same time, I can't fucking fall on my back like I used to. I got fucking leads attached to my spine. I'm not taking a chance of a battery that's in my body exploding. It just sometimes that's it. And will Undertaker wrestle again next WrestleMania? Possible. Maybe he will do a spot on a TV episode. Possible. But as of right now, there are reports going around that is going to be Rey Mysterio versus Cena. And my thoughts on it, you know, look, John Cena apparently, and this is another report going around, was told that him versus Undertaker is off. And they gave him the input of choosing who he wanted to face at WrestleMania. Doesn't mean that he got to decide, but they asked him, who would you like to face at WrestleMania? And honestly, I think that's a pretty cool thing to do because of how much this guy has contributed to WWE in the past. Let him have some input. Who does he really want to turn it up with at WrestleMania? And the word going around is that John Cena chose Rey Mysterio or Samoa Joe. Now, I know a lot of you out there would love to see Samoa Joe versus John Cena. I don't know how Samoa Joe physically is going to be able to perform at WrestleMania. But on the opposite side, I will say this, and I think a lot of you out there will agree with me as well. Why, why isn't John Cena even considering Elias? Because And Elias may have another match planned at WrestleMania. WWE may have other plans for him. So I'm not just saying, like, why didn't Cena choose a lot? But none of the reports that I have read going around and for people have told me have ever said that Cena even threw in a word for Elias. You know, sometimes you offer to do something or you give a suggestion to you basically to look good. And meanwhile, you know that that suggestion will never happen. And I'll give you a good example, all right? Let's say... Um, Let's say you're married. Well, let's say you're going out with someone and you can't stand the person you are dating their parents. And let's say there's an event going on or it's the parent's wedding anniversary or something like that. And you know that the person you're dating's parents is going out for the evening for their anniversary. So what do you do? Hey, honey, I got an idea. Why don't we go surprise your parents? Let's show up at the house. Let's bring a cake and something. Let's surprise them for their anniversary. And then your girlfriend or boyfriend, whoever it is, turns around and says, no, you know, they're going out to dinner, you know, but honey, that was such a sweet idea. And, it's, and then you get laid. But meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you knew that the parents were going out already and they already had plans, but you said it because it sounds good. It looks good. It makes you look like a million dollars. So why, even if Elias had another match scheduled at WrestleMania, why wouldn't John Cena, especially if the news leaks out, think of think of what's being reported right now that Cena offered Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio. Now also think about it, if we would have read the report that Cena said, you know what, I would love to have a little program with Elias. You know, he's on such momentum right now. We had such a fun program in the ring. Why don't we continue that at WrestleMania? I'll give him the rub. 
even if a lot, even if WWE said, nah, you know what? Elias, he already has another match. We have this plan for him and this and that. But still, how good would have Cena looked to have mentioned even Rusev? Yeah, we've seen Rusev versus Cena so many times, but look at Rusev Day. Yeah, I'm sure WWE has plans for Rusev at Mania. They're probably saving him right now and teasing us. The less they put him on TV, the more we want to see Rusev Day. The more we chant Rusev Day. So they have plans for Rusev. But still, if you would have heard Cena, you know, have a little bit of a twist on, say, you know what, I would love to help, you know, maybe like Rusev or, you know, Elias, even though he knew that there was no chance of that happening. That's just, this is my thinking. So we will see what happens. But as of right now, it looks like it is going to be Ray Ray versus Cena. So there you go. Now, last night also we had the mixed match challenge. And I want to congratulate The Miz and Asuka on winning the mixed match challenge. They are the champs. This hundred grand is going to uh, that pet rescue, which is obviously a wonderful thing. I am a huge animal lover. And I know that there's people out there right now before listening to the whole clip or writing on YouTube and Trax's channel. Hey, wait a minute. Did the mixed match challenge didn't finish yet? What the fuck are you talking about? They didn't win the whole thing yet. What are you saying? Blah, 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 blah. I just finished talking about this on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view recap from Sunday night. Suspension of disbelief is such an important aspect when it comes to wrestling. Now, I don't know if this mixed match challenge is going to end before WrestleMania. I would tend to think that it will. And there is no way, shape or form, that Asuka's undefeated streak is ending before WrestleMania unless they got some major storyline swerve that is going to take place before Mania. But the reason why I said those congratulatories and sarcasm I have no problem if Asuka and Miz win. I am a big fan of Miz. Asuka, I think, is a very talented performer. All right. Some of the smoke and mirrors that WWE has done with her, I've not enjoyed all that much. But now, since we're getting close to WrestleMania, what is happening is what we say every year. You know, last month, month and a half leading up to WrestleMania, we kind of forget things that have just been slacking and, you know, they're milking extra weeks with certain things. But. I got so angry last night reading WWE's Twitter. And before the mixed match challenge took place, WWE's Twitter last night had a blunder, in my opinion. And I expect WWE to try to cover their ass sooner than later. They wrote, and I quote, her streak is on the line, hashtag WWE MMC, mixed match challenge. WWE on their Twitter yesterday said that during the mixed match challenge, Oscar's undefeated streak is on the line. So again, unless they're going to throw a major curveball and make her lose a streak before WrestleMania, did WWE just give away the outcome of this mixed match challenge? I would like to be surprised. I think a lot of you out there as well. And I know some of you out there right now are playing devil's advocate and saying to me, well, Don Tony, if Miz gets pinned or if Miz submits, the under, you know, the undefeated streak continues. Now, there's a big difference between an undefeated streak and a streak where you have never been pinned or submitted. Now, if they're going to go further saying she's got a streak of blah, blah, blah wins without being pinned or submitted, fine. But an undefeated streak means that you have never lost. And if you're in a tag team match and you lose and you're not pit, you still lose. 
It's not that the person who is pinned is the one losing. All right. If you want to use logic, if somebody has tag team titles, the person who gets pinned, well, then the other person, that person really didn't lose. So they, that person should be able to keep their title. That's not the way it goes. And I don't want to hear this nonsense that, and you know that WWE is probably going to have to cover their ass on this one. And it's not nitpicking and it's not anybody trying to, you know, just be an, an antagonist on this one. No, an undefeated streak means that you haven't lost. It doesn't mean how you lost. It just means you've lost. Again, they want to continue the streak going forward. If they lose in the mixed match challenge and say that her singles career is still undefeated, Fine, but to turn around and just to put that her streak is on the line, they're not saying that only part of the streak is on the line. All they're saying is her streak is on the line. So I just thought it was a major blunder on their part. I don't know why they would even write something like that yesterday, but, you know, we'll wait and see what happens, but I expect that to change. There's news going around also that Brock Lesnar... Uh, maybe uh, having another UFC fight. You know, his suspension was not for a very long time. I think it was for a year because of testing positive for a substance. WWE never suspended him because WWE said that they don't test part-time wrestlers. So so for all you know, Lesnar could be on, to, on something right now. And because he's a part-time guy, he doesn't get tested for it. If Brock Lesnar is considering going back to UFC, There is no way that he's going to take anything and possibly test positive again. And I know a couple of you out there tried to be funny today and linked me to the article and said, oh, you remember what you said last year that Brock Lesnar wasn't going to fight? No, I talked about that he wasn't coming back in 2017 to fight. Because when those rumors came around that he was going to fight in the summer and the fall and this and that, I said he is not returning for a fight last year. I didn't say that he was never going to fight again. There is a big difference. But I got news for you. The way that it's gone down in the WWE, I think he needs to take a step away. And it sucks because that guy is entertaining when he is performing in a WWE ring. The problem is he is not there enough. And them trying to play this storyline on Monday with Roman Reigns, you know, I wrote something on social media earlier today. And a lot of people realized that I was giving Roman Reigns, some of the fans, a compliment, and at the same time basically telling everyone Look, you have a right to your opinion on how you felt about the Roman Reigns promo on Monday. There were a lot of people who thought that he was shooting on Monday. And if you saw Soup's Twitter and others out there, I mean, it was mind-boggling. I could understand casual wrestling fans to think maybe he was shooting a little bit. Hell, when Brian Pillman went to ECW and was doing a promo, a lot of people thought he was shooting a little bit as well. You had Shane Douglas in the background going, he's shooting, he's shooting. Some people thought, look, a good promo and it's based on reality. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of suspension of disbelief and thinking possibly that maybe the guy was shooting a little bit. But 
when it comes to doing like podcasts and websites and this, this and that, you have to use a little bit of logic as well. As a wrestling fan, you turn around and you enjoy it as a wrestling fan, but you also have to look at the opposite side of it as well. And I, I thought I made my point on Monday. Brock Lesnar's not going to show up and say, hey, this one's on me. I know I'm not scheduled for the next two weeks, but you know, I figured you could use a little bit of a boost in the rating, so I'm going to give you a freebie. Now, WWE did not book him for Monday. This is 100% storyline. They're trying their hardest to get Roman Reigns over this time around. This is the fourth fucking WrestleMania in a row where he is main eventing. This is not the first time with Brock Lesnar. So Roman Reigns coming out on Monday and all of a sudden talking about Brock Lesnar's part-time schedule, that's WWE's fault more than anything else. It's almost like a carbon copy of The Rock John Cena. All right, the difference is, is that WWE is the one that did this contract with Brock Lesnar. When The Rock left for Hollywood, he left. It's not like WWE said, we'll sign you a contract. You only have to work three dates a year or one date a year. No, the guy left for Hollywood. And Cena stood and he worked his ass off week in and week out and week in and week out. Even CM Punk and others, I think, cut promos on Rock about coming back and only working part-time and taking spots. And I'm not saying that CM Punk specifically said that. I'm just summarizing a whole bunch of people. And quite honestly, when you see how much attention, how many eyes turn to The Rock when he does come back to wrestling. I mean, it's it's a smart business decision. You know, for someone that's in the business and working in WWE, you kind of feel a little bit slighted, like, look, I'm busting my ass week in and week out, but The Rock comes in and, you know, he, other people are losing spots as a result. Well, you know what? Just because you have a spot doesn't mean you're owed anything. If you're not drawing and you're not a big player on TV, yeah, you are going to be skipped over and you're going to be sometimes left out of events. So there is a big difference between the Rock Cena storyline and Reigns Lesnar storyline. But what I said on social media earlier today is that those who thought Roman Reigns' promo was a shoot on Monday is debatable. You could file them in the laugh my fucking ass off file cabinet, or you could say Roman Reigns was effective. Whichever side you take, one thing is for sure. The fact that people became orgasmic over one Roman Reigns promo shows how piss poor he has been with the mic. Just look at his promos over the last four years. There is countless clips after clips after clips. And we started having a discussion Monday, and it really went off topic very, very quickly. And I'm kind of annoyed that it didn't stay on topic. But I will pose this again. Somebody asked Dave Meltzer earlier this week this question, and I know some of you out there really appreciate Meltzer. Some of you can't stand him. But I think it is a very valid question to ask. If you look at wrestling in its history, in its history, has there ever been someone who has been pushed this long by WWE and after all of these years still met with this much resistance? And I don't want anybody to turn around and say John Cena because that's not the case. When John Cena was doing thugonomics and everything else, the guy was tremendously over. I brought up the 2008 Royal Rumble where he made the surprise appearance. The fucking roof got blown off the building popping for this guy. All right. When Roman Reigns debuted with the Shield as a cohesive unit, all right, as a, a trifecta, they were all over as a team. 
But ever since Roman Reigns has been pushed as a major single star, you know, as I said many years ago that I will keep repeating, that I had said back then he was going to get the John Cena push. He was going to be the heir apparent to John Cena. People thought I was nuts. But again, has there ever been someone, that, as soon as they started being pushed as a singles guy, that has been pushed for this long and still been met with this much resistance? I have been a fan of WWE since 1979. When you look at how many years Roman Reigns now has been pushed as a singles guy, a main event guy, his fourth WrestleMania in a row, and still met with this much resistance, I can't think of anybody else. I can't. I really can't. There have been guys over the years for a very short period of time that this has happened to. But for this many years, I can't think of anybody who started off in this way and is still, to this day, met with this much resistance. Roman Reigns has fans. Absolutely. All right. But the amount of negativity surrounding Roman Reigns is massive for a major player. And it's not just, he should turn heel. No, that's not the answer to it. All right. Does Roman Reigns deserve to be main eventing four WrestleManias in a row? I don't know. I kind of hope that they still did, you know, decide to put Braun Strowman as a three-way in this main event. You know, they have really decided to go full-blown with Roman Reigns for quite some time now. And I, I've said this many times over the last six-plus months. The Shield reuniting was just smoke and mirrors. It really was. It was designed to take the focus off of Roman Reigns until it got closer to WrestleMania, and then it was, let's go right back to the schedule we were on. It's almost like you're going from one destination to another, and instead of taking the direct route, you decide to take the scenic route. And that's what they did with WWE. They basically took the scenic route by having the Shield return. And look, it sold merchandise. They could still have these guys compete in matches together, you know, Dean Ambrose gets back soon and they don't trade Seth Rollins to SmackDown. But, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with Braun Strowman. But um, did Roman Reigns cut a great promo on Monday? Absolutely. And I do not, do not find fault in WWE going this storyline route with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. What else could they do? Seriously, what else could they possibly do to get... Roman Reigns over as far as a baby face against Brock Lesnar. You know, we thought a couple of years ago with the Triple H thing that Triple H playing a massive heel would help Roman Reigns get over. And then we see the blood capsule incident. And every time he got his ass kicked, the fans were chanting, yes, they loved it. So it's not easy. It's not easy. And WWE has gone this route. But again, if WWE continues to go this route with Brock Lesnar not caring about WWE, part-time player, blah, 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 even though we know all that stuff already, you kind of feel like Brock Lesnar eventually will be exiting from WWE. Maybe they'll work out another deal. You know, maybe they'll keep the deal that they currently have, but you kind of start feeling that Brock Lesnar is on its way out because where do you go from here with Brock Lesnar? You're going to have him fight for the intercontinental title, you know, down the line, are you going to just have him do filler matches to try to get other people over? That's not how you use Brock Lesnar. 
So it makes you wonder what is going to happen with Brock Lesnar after he drops his title to Roman Reigns. And, you know, UFC president Dana White said that the the chances are very, and I quote, very, very, very good that he will return to UFC for a fight. Brock Lesnar still thinks he could do it. Why not? Why not? So we'll see what happens. Um, following SmackDown yesterday, they have four matches lined up for Fastlane. I'm not disrespecting this pay-per-view, but I think you kind of think that this pay-per-view should be called WWE Clusterfuck. And the reason why I say that, and I say that with kind of a positive spin on it, is right now you have Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton for the U.S. title. Charlotte versus Ruby Riot for the women's title. Usos versus New Day for the SmackDown tag titles. And AJ Styles versus Owens versus Zayn versus Corbin versus Ziggler versus Cena for the WWE title. Now, with the exception of the main event, everything else is one-on-one. Tag team versus tag team. Woman versus woman. Champion versus challenger. But one thing that you I find interesting with SmackDown right now is how everybody almost feels like in the same level playing field. And what I mean by that is, if you look at every championship, with the exception of AJ Styles, you look at every championship right now, there are three or four opponents that you feel should be in the match. I'll give you an example. Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton. Don't you think Rusev should be in that match? Don't you think some of you out there feel that Jinder Mahal should be in that match? So there's about four or five people that you could honestly say, what about Nakamura? What the fuck is Nakamura doing? All right, you're trying to tell me that there's not four or five people that could be in that match also that you feel are on the same level playing field? So there's guys that could be thrown into that match and you feel everything is even. Now you get to the women's title. Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. You don't think Naomi could be thrown in there? Becky Lynch, just to name two people? You know, so you look at that, you could have four or five people competing for the women's title also. What's Carmella doing? So that match could have four or five people, and you kind of feel that everybody is on a level playing field, with the exception of Charlotte, might, which might be a little bit elevated. You go to the tag titles, all right? I've said this before. Why the fuck is New Day having another title match against Usos? They blew their load last year. Yes, it was feud of the year. That's what I voted. The Usos versus New Day was feud of the year. But they've already done their thing. Another tag team should have that opportunity. Why did Gable and Benjamin feel like they just got squashed out of this? Why aren't the Bludgeon Brothers getting any type of a shot why are they in limbo just destroying no no names on on the card all right you look at brizango and you feel like why didn't they get the ball even once so even with the tag titles you could probably throw throw three or four tag teams in this match and everybody feels on a little bit even playing field usos might be a little higher but every match on this card and that's why I call it WWE Clusterfuck is because every every match on this card can be a four-way or a five-way. And in a positive sense, it doesn't feel like people are just being thrown into the match. Think about that. Bobby Roode versus Orton versus Mahal versus Rusev. And you could even add one more person if you want. Do you feel that people are just being thrown in there? No. You think any of them or Nakamura you could throw in there. All right. You, any one of them could be the U.S. champion. Dolph Ziggler is in the main event. 
We feel like, why is he in the main event after the whole storyline with him dropping the title in the middle of the ring? But still, Ziggler, Corbin, Cena, Zayn, Owens, Styles, you know, you kind of feel like they're all on the upper main event with the exception of Corbin. But, you know, look, he's been better of late, so fine. But you go down even every match, and there could be four or five opponents in each match, and I don't think anybody would object to that. So we'll see what happens. I'm just curious to see if WWE adds anybody to these matches and make it a three-way, a four-way, or a five-way. I want to give some special shout-outs, some new and returning patrons, Michael Drevnik, Paul H., Justin Moore, Tony Moffitt, and Deadeye Beavis. Also, everybody who won contests on Patreon over the last week, I contacted everybody today. Going to be hooking everybody up with their prizes Shout out to our associate producers and sponsors. They are the reason why these shows remain free. And again, if you want to give our Patreon page a visit, sign up, help us keep these shows free and keep the lights on and everything in business, visit patreon.com slash Don Tony. For five bucks, you could get access to lots of contests, Patreon exclusive shows. Kev Castle is going to be doing his solo show, Castle Chronicles, Thursday night. This Wednesday, it's going to be Mish and I doing Breakfast Soup. There's about, what, 46 episodes for each show. There's other exclusive content on there as well, and it is awesome. It's a very tight-knit family there. But I want to give some very special shout-outs. Tyxie Bowers, John Stern, Tom Nelson, Simon Hoodie Hood, Brent Webster, Metaphor Isaac Fox, Hassan Al-Hashmi, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Charles Lentz, Courtney Summers, Brandon Goins, Carl Buteau, a.k.a. Cheese Rice, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Rich Diaz, Alton Nahia, Bespoken, Anthony Smith, Jaron Bartolome, James Grusome, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Julian LeBlanc, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Billy Taylor, Lucia Dalban, Danes Valadez, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Marcus Antonius, Jason Pratt, Toby Deshong, Scott Woodford, C.J. Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Franco Shea, Ernesto Defenses, Spider Lou and Adam Demoy, Anna, Steve Speniak, Merle Combs Jr., Douglas McKay, Rob McKay, Michael Cuomo, Brian Byrne, and Joe Bassey. I want to thank you for your unwavering support. Very much appreciated. Everyone out there, go visit TV Tracks on YouTube. Has clips of our show, Solo Monster, and many others. You could search them under the name TV Tracks. Also, Rock Reviews on YouTube. You also have DJ Dells and his sneaker podcast, and it's not always about sneakers. Very, very innovative show over there. Look him up under the name The Sneaker Attic. Undercover Capes is another c- cool podcast on YouTube. You could search them under that name or Crisis in the Toyverse. On eBay, you have Skyhawks Wrestling Collectibles. Their ID is Wrestling Loot. Your Best Bargains, LLC, who I am a regular customer of. You can visit them on Amazon or on eBay under the same name. Check out Blake Michaels on Instagram at BlakeMichaels93, his SoundCloud channel, and SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling and collectible needs. Some very, very cool shit on there. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Monday's DTKC show. You know, some people out there thought that I shouldn't have apologized at the end for going off the deep. And 
I'm not apologizing. That's my style. I mean, that's just the way I am. I speak my mind and, you know, some people have a hard time handling that at times, but you know, it's just, that's the way I am and that's who you get. And I just want to thank everybody for really enjoying Monday's episode. I really want to thank Mish for coming on too, because we were not planning on doing that long of a show, but we did. And I thought it was a lot of fun. I'm going to be wrapping this up in a few minutes. I'm ecstatic that I was able to get those two pounds of bologna in a one-pound bag, but I want to just mention a couple of the tidbits you might find interesting. I talked about the Roman Reigns-Lesnar storyline, and I'm sure some of you out there might be curious as far as what are Brock Lesnar's upcoming appearances for WWE. Now, I know about a month ago I read the list leading up to WrestleMania, but as far as for the next two or three weeks, I'll give you what I got. Now, he is not scheduled to be at Raw this Monday, and he is on a set number of dates as far as WWE goes. Now, you kind of think if you want to use logic with Roman Reigns' promo and try to add to the legitimacy of his storyline promo, again, it's a storyline promo. He did not shoot. Shoot is when you do something that you that that management does not know you're going to do or say, and you're doing it on your own. No, 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 no. But if you want to follow that storyline, Brock Lesnar's not showing up a second week in a row. You could see Roman Reigns coming out there again this Monday and saying, see, where is he? See, I told you all. See, he's a bitch. Blah, 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 blah. Should Paul Heyman be there at minimum? I would say so. I mean, we all love Paul Heyman being on WWE Raw. But is it better to not have either one of them on Monday so Roman Reigns could, you know, justify what he said last Monday and put an exclamation point on it? Yeah. But as of right now, there is no appearance scheduled for Brock Lesnar or even Paul Heyman. Um, Now, Brock Lesnar is fighting Kane at the March 3rd house show in Chicago, Illinois. And on March 9th at a house show in Minneapolis, he is wrestling The Miz in a champion versus champion match. Uh, I don't think there's any title on the line, obviously, but... You know, basically, WWE is using up two of Brock Lesnar's appearances for house shows. And this is done, obviously, to try to boost up house show sales because uh, there's been a lot of house shows recently that they have not done all that well with. Um, I did not see anything as far as Ronda Rousey being booked for any of these house shows, not even for a segment, not even for an appearance. You would kind of think that maybe WWE wants her to go up and down the road a little bit to just get the feel of always touring. And sure, she worked for, for in the ultimate fighting. She was in MMA, but she didn't work week in and week out, or week in and week out, or every other week as far as making appearances. She had just a handful of fights every year. So Brock Lesnar, at minimum, is trying to boost up some house show sales. We'll see what happens. Getting back to the Ronda Rousey situation, you know, there's really not much for me to add from Sunday and Monday. Uh, I did read that Taz was really lacing into WWE the last couple of days, talking about how they just totally, totally misusing her on TV. And look, at one point, Taz was doing a gimmick in ECW where he was a shoot fighter or he had the shoot fighting tendencies. I remember that debacle with Paul Varlins, I think his name was. But Taz was intimidating in ECW. I mean, he actually performed very well at what he did. 
And in storyline, as far as being, you know, a tough son of a bitch shooter or suplex machine, you know, I think he has a little bit of merit as far as how he views WWE was utilizing Ronda Rousey. You know, he was basically saying that Stephanie should have been absolutely petrified at Ronda Rousey. Maybe Ronda Rousey should have gotten her hands on her or at least tried to instead of just doing a staring thing. I don't know. I mean, I think it's still way too soon to really, you know, paint the picture as far as Ronda Rousey goes. As I have said, I think Stephanie is the perfect complement for Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. And I'll repeat this. The minute she looks like she's in a deer in headlights, you can have Stephanie tagging Triple H, which forces Ronda Rousey to tag out the Kurt Angle or whoever else is going to be in a match, and it all seems like it's going to be Kurt Angle. And that protects Ronda Rousey. Um, we'll see where it leads. But I think it's a little bit premature to really start judging Ronda Rousey's WWE career based on two appearances. I blame a lot of what's been going on on WWE. You know, you kind of like want to be an ambassador for your product. And I think there was a little bit too much of this storyline talking on behalf of the women. You know, and even if some of them felt the way they did, I don't think it was best for business to be writing some of the stuff they did on social media because it's really not helping at all, especially when WWE's job is to try to maximize every single person that they have on the roster and making it extra tough simply because of you coming from a non-wrestling background. You want to do that behind the scenes? Fine. You want to, I'm not saying take liberties in the ring, but if you want to try to really outperform someone in the ring and, you know, do an extra move, not to injure the person, but to just show off, you know, whatever. But to turn around and to really belittle her before she's done a, a little one thing in the ring, you know, on camera, I just think was undeserving. It really hasn't. And we don't know what she could turn out to be. You know, just imagine people hazing the shit out of Kurt Angle and saying all this nasty shit about Kurt Angle simply because he went from an Olympic career to get into wrestling. All right, and look how Kurt Angle turned out. Will Ronda Rousey turn out as successful as Kurt Angle? I don't know, and I don't think so, to be honest, because there's only one Kurt Angle, and I don't think anyone will ever be able to surpass coming where he, from he came, where he came from and succeeding as well as he did. By the way, if you haven't seen it already, go check it out. It's pretty funny. Um, you know, because we're in the age of high definition and 4K with the TVs and stuff like that, especially when you have great video cards and you capture video, people did super slow-mo of Triple H punching Kurt Angle Monday on Raw. And go out of your way to look at the photo of Kurt Angle's face right before Triple H quote-unquote struck him. It is funny. And some people were putting up cartoon characters and other people's faces next to it. The funniest one I saw was Homer Simpson. Because Homer Simpson has one, like, you know, look on his face that just makes you laugh. And Kurt Angle just fitted perfectly. It was so freaking funny. Go out of your way to to seek that out. It was really, really hilarious. But, um, you know, we'll see where this goes. I mean, do I think WrestleMania is going to suck? No. I mean, very rare 
there's a WrestleMania. Just there's there's always something for everybody, and even if a majority of the card disappoints, you usually find one, two, three matches that you really, really enjoy. And I could think of three right off the bat from last year's WrestleMania that I enjoyed tremendously. So, you know, there's the only thing that kind of bugs me is the fact that. It's been so predictable so far, and a lot of the rumors that have been going around for six, seven, eight months now, and it is a little frustrating to see WWE stay on the same course as the matches that were rumored six, seven, eight months ago, and you just feel like no matter how bad something is coming off on TV or how people are reacted to it, they are just sticking to their guns, but anybody that's been a a long-time wrestling fan knows this is the way it was done back in the day as well. Sometimes they would have matches set up a year in advance and it would still play out as scheduled. So, But right now, Braun Strowman, let's see what happens with him. Let's see if it ends up that The Undertaker does, in fact, not compete at WrestleMania. Everybody, all of a sudden, has been very quiet as far as what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. There are some matches that have not been made official yet, but there's some that we know are going to be made official. They're going to be pretty damn good. Nakamura versus AJ Styles is going to be enjoyable, and I'm still going with Asuka versus Charlotte. So let's see what happens. Let's give it a few extra weeks and see how it plays out on TV. But with that said, I'm out of here. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Breakfast with Blase. I am Don Tony bidding you farewell. Follow me on Twitter at Don Tony D, the website DonTony.com. You can email me, dontony at dontony.com, facebook.com slash DTKC show. Again, don't forget, patreon.com slash dontony. And Kev will be recording his solo show, Castle Chronicles, Thursday night. I am doing a, another episode of blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure it's going to be Saturday. It's either going to be Saturday or possibly Tuesday. Not sure yet. I got to see how the schedule is this weekend. I actually have to work a little bit. So just look out for that. You could check me out on the social media pages. I'm always posting updates and the usual sources where you get our shows. So, all right, everyone, take care. Be well. I will catch you all soon. Ciao.